Good morning and welcome to worship this morning. We're a little bit lighter on the stage today. We've got some traveling and some sick. So uh, if you would keep some of our uh, worship band members in mind for uh, travel protection and for healing from sickness, that'd be great. Uh, Let's go to the Lord in prayer. And uh, I invite you to stand if you'd like to. God, we just thank, we're thankful for this time that we can get together with um, people who love you, God, people who um, become family to us, God. Um, And I pray that you would be with us today. Help us to lift your name on high. Um, God, help us to focus our eyes on you this morning. Uh, We're thankful for who you are. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. Praise Him, all creatures here below. Praise Him above the heavenly host. Praise Father, Son, and
Amen, amen, amen. Amen, amen, amen. We praise you. We praise you. Amen, amen, amen. Amen, amen, amen. We praise you. We praise you. Amen, amen, amen. Amen, amen, amen. We praise you. We praise you. Before, moved by the sound of his voice, and seas that are shaken and stirred can be calmed and broken for my regard. And through it all, through it all, my eyes are on you. Through it all. Through it all, it is well. Through it all, through it all, my eyes are on you, and it is well with me. Far be it for me to not believe Even when my eyes can't see And this mountain that's in front of me Will be thrown into the midst of the sea Through it all, through it all My eyes are on you through it all, through it all, it is well. Through it all, through it all, my eyes are on you, and it is well. It is well. So let go, my soul, and trust in Him, the waves and wind. Still know his name. So let go my soul and trust in him. The waves and wind still know his name. So let go my soul and trust in him. The waves and wind still know. His name. So let go my soul and trust in Him. The ways and wind still know His name. The ways and wind still know His name. And 
it is well with my soul it is well with my soul it is well with my soul it is well it is well with my soul 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 it is well it is well with my soul it is well it is well with my soul it is well it is well with my soul and through it all through it all my eyes are on you through it all through it all it is well through it all through it all my eyes are on you and it is well with me thought from afar and all my wandering still you love me king of glory you pursue my anxious heart even when I'm not your faithful even when I doubt your truthfuls even when I'm lost you won't let me go when my heart is dry your grace flows no matter where I run I'm not far from home 
Yeah, I may be weak, but you're able. Even when I'm not, you're faithful. Even when I'm not, you're faithful. Lord, you search me. How you know me. You perceive my every thought from afar. And all my wandering, still you love me. King of glory, you pursue my anxious heart. Even when I'm not your faithful, even when I doubt your truthfulness, even when I'm lost, you won't let me go. When my heart is dry, your grace flows. No matter where I run, I'm not far from home. Yeah, I may be weak, but you're able. Even when I'm not, you're faithful. Even when I'm not, you're faithful. And where can I go from your spirit? Where can I hide from your face? Where can I flee from your presence? Where would I go? Where would I go? If I rise to the heavens, you're with me. If I fall to the depths of the sea, even there it's your hand that would lead me. Wherever I go, wherever I go, where can I go from your spirit? Where can I hide from your face? Where can I flee from your presence? Where would I go? Where would I go? If I rise to the heavens, you're with me. If I fall to the depths of the sea, even there it's your hand that would lead me. Wherever I go, wherever I go, even when I'm not your faithful, even when I doubt your truth holds, even when I'm lost, you won't let me go. When my heart is dry, your grace flows. No matter where I run, I'm not far from home. Yeah, I may be weak, but you're able. Even when I'm not, you're faithful. Even when I'm not, you're faithful. I love this next song, um, especially right before we hear from God's Word. This song simply says, I'm listening. Um, it's important that we prepare our hearts, our minds to hear from the Word of God. I hope this song helps us do that today.
When you speak, confusion fades. Just a word, and suddenly I'm not afraid, cause you speak, and freedom reigns. There is hope in every single word you say. And I don't want to miss one word you speak Cause everything you say is life to me And I don't want to miss one word you speak Quiet my heart, I'm listening When sorrows roar and troubles rage you whisper peace when I don't have the words to say I won't lose hope storms won't break you keep your word oh and your promises will keep me safe I don't want to miss one word you speak Cause everything you say is life to me I don't want to miss one word you speak Quiet my heart, I'm listening Your ways are higher, you know just what I need. I trust you, Jesus, you see what I cannot see. Your ways are higher, you know just what I need. I trust you, Jesus, you see what I cannot see. And I don't want to miss one word you speak Cause everything you say is life to me And I don't want to miss one word you speak Quiet my heart, I'm listening I don't want to miss one word you speak Cause everything you say is life to me And I don't want to miss one word you speak So quiet my heart, I'm listening Hey, really glad you're here. Uh, hey, if you're one of our guests, uh, would you notice in the seat back in front of you, you've got, there's a guest card. If you're one of our guests, if you're here for the first time, you've been here a few times, uh, we'd really be grateful if you'd fill it out. After the service, you can give it to me, you can give it to Jesse, or just, you know, find one of our, our, our Ray who gives the announcements. You know, find one of us who are leaders in the church, and we'd love to have a record of your uh, visit with us. If you've got prayer requests, uh, find a place on the bottom or the back, and 
and uh, put your prayer requests down, and we'd love to pray about those tomorrow for you in our in our in our in our staff team meeting. So, uh, you know, we believe in prayer and know God works through prayer. So, yeah, please let us pray for you. Uh, would you affirm God's goodness with me? God is good all the time. That's a little weak. Can we try that again? God is good all the time. Okay, awesome. Thank you. Uh, it's, it's good to be here with you today. Uh, we're going to be in this tiny book today called Habakkuk. And Habakkuk is called a minor prophet, not because his, he's not important, but because his book is small. You know, the major prophets are like Isaiah, Jeremiah, Ezekiel, they've got long books. But Habakkuk's, uh, you know, a tiny book you can read, read the whole book in 10 or 15 minutes. But, you know, his, his message, his ministry is all kind of compressed in that one book. And it's a, it's a few tiny books. If you find Matthew in your New Testament, it's a, it's a few tiny books behind Matthew. And we'll, we'll read, I, this is the only, uh, I haven't preached from Habakkuk much, and we don't read that book much or teach from that book much, it, but it, there's, there's lots of good things from God in that little book for us. And so uh, pray with me. Father, speak to our hearts, uh, speak through the reading and preaching of your word, God. We want to be encouraged and challenged and blessed and stretched today by, by you and your word, God. So uh, Lord, speak to us, Lord. Speak through me. We pray this in the strong name of Jesus. And God's people agreed. Amen. Hey, thanks for praying with me. Uh, these are words of our Lord, so would you like to honor our Lord with me by uh, standing as we read his word? We're going to be uh, Habakkuk chapter 3. We're going to begin in verse 16, and then we'll just read to the end of the chapter, which is just really four verses plus a subscript. And in Habakkuk, he's, uh, he's, this is a prayer to God, and we see at the, at the end, or it's at least part of his prayer is all of chapter three is a prayer. So this is a prayer of desperation to God. And then at the end, he, he gives us a little note that, you know, this, this prayer and perhaps this whole book has been put to music. So it was a, a prophecy, a, a prayer uh, in, in this book, but also it's, it's, a, it's a reminder through worship of how great our God is and how present he is with us. So Habakkuk says, uh, I heard and my heart pounded. My lips quivered at the sound. Decay crept into my bones and my legs trembled. Yet I'll wait patiently for the day of calamity to come on the nation invading us. Though the fig tree does not bud and there are no grapes on the vines, though the olive crop fails and the fields produce no food, though there are no sheep in the pen and no cattle in the stalls, yet I'll rejoice in the Lord. I'll be joyful in God my Savior. The sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He enables me to go on to, to the heights. And then the subscript for the director of music on my stringed instruments. Must have been playing guitar. <laughs> this is the word of the Lord. Uh, please be seated. Habakkuk's book is about dark days and about God's presence in dark days that, that all of us walk through. And so, our dark days come in many forms. Uh, for some of us, it's, it's a loss of our physical health. And the loss of our physical health, it affects us spiritually. It affects us emotionally. So we can struggle with fear and anxiety and despair. We can be depressed if, our, if we're losing our physical health, if we've got cancer or some other you know, horrible disease. Uh, if the people we love the most in life die, that person, it could be our, our husband or wife or a parent, or heaven forbid, a child, or, or even just a best friend in life. It can leave a, a hole in our soul. 
Uh, if we're a part of a messy family, or if our marriage is messy, um, that can really put a dark cloud in our life and rob us of joy. Uh, if you're one that's, that's caring for a family member who's got uh, Alzheimer's or dementia or who's, who's you know, chronically sick or dying, that, that really has a way of wearing us down and burning us out. If you've lost your job or if you're struggling, struggling financially, it has a way of kind of eating away at our self-worth. Uh, a daily struggle with addictions is, is a darkness only addicts know. Uh, living in bitterness and unforgiveness or, or just cut off relationships with the people we love has a way of really causing us pain in our hearts. And then if our, our struggle is more with something going on in our heart and mind, if it's anxiety or anger or, or depression, that's, that's a battle we can really deal with daily. And so the, the tiny book of Habakkuk gives us hope if we're going through any of these uh, painful experiences. And Habakkuk was a prophet, you know, 2,600 years or so ago, way, way back. Uh, he was a prophet to the, the southern kingdom of Israel. Israel had split in a civil war. The, the northern kingdom had been wiped out. Now the, he's a prophet in the southern kingdom, and they're going to be wiped out. At, at that time, you know, Babylon was a huge nation. It was a dominant world power. They were, they were going from little nation to little nation and, and just wiping out and, and taking over the nations. And, and they, were, they, they were just a horrific... Um, vicious, mean kind of people when, when they went to war. And, and they, they're around Israel, uh, the Habakkuk's nation, and he knows they're going to be invaded and destroyed. It's not if, it's just when. They're, they're waiting. And in the midst of this waiting, God calls Habakkuk as his, as his spokesman, as his, as his preacher, or uh, to, to speak to his people. And he's to lead his people through these dark days. Uh, it's a discouraging time where they, you know, Habakkuk's not going to feel a lot of great victory as, as God's spokesman. He's going to be in a dark time. And, and we see he doesn't give up. He, he doesn't walk away, which he might have been um, challenged to do. But what we see Habakkuk doing in this book, he's, he's really wrestling with God. And as he wrestles with God, he's not afraid to ask God hard questions. And he asks God hard questions because he knows God has the answers. And he knows God's faithful and loving. And he asks God questions like, why are the wicked winning, God? Why, why, why are God's people having such a hard time getting ahead? Why, why are God's people suffering? Why, why is our nation going to be wiped out? And, and God, we're, we're praying and praying and praying. And why aren't you answering our prayers now? Or will you answer our prayers soon? And in the midst of this, God, God speaks to Habakkuk and gives him hope. You know, hope for right now and hope for the future. And as, as we look at this book this morning, these, these four verses, we see that, that God gives you and me hope and uncertainty. Uh, God's in control when, when life feels very out of control. Uh, God's in control when you and I just don't know what to do when we're at our wits' ends. And so God loves us and he's with us. And so we see this message of hope today. It's hope for now, hope for the future, hope for God to strengthen us, hope that, that life will be okay. And this morning, as we look at these, these four verses, we've got about five points of, of application. And in our first point, we see that, that waiting on God gets us through our tribal trials. Waiting on God gets us through our trials. Who's good at waiting? You know, who, who likes to wait? You know, I was at the doctor's this week and they have a way of, you go in the waiting room and I waited a half an hour. 
And then they put you in another room and then you wait some more. <laughs> and I, if you're like me, I, I'm just not, I'm not patient waiting in the first room for 30 minutes. And if I wait, I'm stuck in the, the second room for another 30 minutes. It, you know, our, we, we like everything now. We like it immediately. We're, we're very much a, a microwave people, but we have a God who works more like a crock pot in so many ways. He takes a little while to, to tenderize our souls. So we don't, we don't like to wait. But here, Habakkuk talks about waiting. Verse 16, he says, I heard and my heart pounded. My lips quivered at the sound. Uh, decay crept into my bones and my legs trembled. Yet I will wait patiently for the day of calamity to come upon the nation invading us. So, you know, if we look, we, we want to look back in Habakkuk's day. What was this scripture saying back then more than 2,000 years ago? But what, and then what is God saying to us today through uh, these scriptures? And Habakkuk's telling us that, you know, his nation's about to be wiped out uh, by the Babylonians. And Habakkuk doesn't know exactly what God's doing in the midst of the mess. Have you been there? You're in this incredible, painful mess. You know God's there with you, but God, what are you doing? This is where Habakkuk is. And he doesn't know when this nation's going to attack. His world is going to be turned upside down, and he's got this this fear and anxiety of when's it going to happen? How bad's it going to be? God, when are you going to intervene? And Habakkuk's a prophet of God. And prophets of God are, are, are men that God calls to be his spokesman. And, and they're like Habakkuk. They're, they've got great faith in God. They've got boldness to speak for God, but they're still human. They're, they're still just people like you and me. And so he knows God's with him. But as we, we look at verse 16, you know, Habakkuk's really an anxious mess here. He's trusting in God, but he says, I tremble. He knows God's all powerful and good, but he still is, he's hurting. He's struggling as he waits on God. And it seems as, as I look at verse 16, it looks to me like uh, Habakkuk's having a panic attack. Uh, if you've ever had one of those, you know how horrible it can be. Or if you've seen someone having one, you know, it looks like they, they might be having a heart attack at times. But it, it's an incredible, painful, stressful time. And, and, and this is what Habakkuk says, you know, my heart's racing. Uh, my lips are quivering. My, my, I ache so bad I hurt to the bone. Uh, my legs are shaking. Uh, and he knows God's in control, but at the same time, he fears the worst is going to happen. Because the worst is going to happen. There's no way to avoid it. And and this uncertainty of of when it's going to happen, when when the invasion is going to come, when they're going to get beyond it, that's what's causing him all this this worry. Um, You know, the destruction of the nation scares him. You know, as I I look at, you know, Russia and Ukraine on the news, you know, frequently during the week, it's got to be a scary place to live (laughs) in Ukraine right now. The last church we we were at, we had some Ukrainians in our church and they told us the stories and we had some come over in the midst of the fighting and then go back home and um, they they told us the stories. It's got to be a scary time. And and anxiety, this, this, this fear can get a grip on all of us at times. The, the uncertainty when we're in a trial of when life will get back to normal can make us worry at times. And all of us are forced to wait. And when we're waiting on God to act when we're in a painful time, we can feel all of these emotions. We might be sad. We might be scared. We might worry. Uh, we might get deeply discouraged. Uh, and we begin to ask God, you know, how long? And, and, and when, we're in those, when, the, when, when we're in the trials, if we had some f- certainty of when the trial would be over, 
It wouldn't be so scary in the midst of the trial. We wouldn't worry so much in the midst of the trial. And we see um, Habakkuk, these are his feelings, anxiety and fear. And I think as Christians, sometimes we want to say, you know, I'm, I'm a Christian. I, I pray. I, I read scripture. I go to church. I, I, don't, I don't worry. I don't feel fear. I don't get anxious. And I think we're, we're denying the, the emotions God gives us if we say we don't ever feel that way. You know, anxiety and fear are God-given emotions. Anxiety and fear, they're, they're reminders that we need to act. We need to pray, we need to seek God, we need to read scripture, we need to get our, our, our Christian friends together and hold us up in prayer, we need to call on our church to pray for us. Um, these God-given emotions, you know, just remind us to act. And if we don't, you know, we don't bring these emotions to God, that we can be, we can really be an anxious mess, uh, we can be a worried mess. And, and there's something about anxiety that anxiety is contagious, worrying is contagious. So, you know, if, as a parent, if you're full of worrying you're, and worrying and anxiety, your kids will see it, your spouse will see it, they'll, they'll get anxious too. If, I know if a church leader is really anxious in front of his people, uh, the, the congregation can be anxious. So anxiety has a way of being contagious. And we pray in hard times. And then we wait on God. You know, we, you know, I've, sh- I've shared a few times about, you know, my, my wife, Connie, her, her journey with cancer for the past few years. And we, we get, she got to a point about a year in, and I go to all the oncology and chemo visits with her. And the oncologist said, well, the CAT scan came back and the lymphoma in her abdomen, it, that looks good. Looks like it's going into remission, but I'm seeing all this new stuff in her lungs. And he says, I, I don't know what it is. And when the doctor says, I don't know what it is, that's, that's really unnerving. And he says, well, we've, we've got a couple of options. And the first option is just to wait and watch over the next six months. And my response was, you know, no, no way, Dr. Lamb. I, I'll wait and worry if I have to wait six months to know what's going on. We, we, need, we, need, to, we need to take some tests. We need to find out what's going on. You know, it, it's human nature to just to fear the worst. That's, our, our minds go that, that way. And God's reminding us in this little book this morning, no matter how bad life gets, God's with us. No, no matter how uncertain life gets, God's with us. You know, God never abandons us. But God has a way of working on his timetable. And I, I had one of my mentor friends say, you know, Charles, God is never late. And I was like, I believe that, but God is not early very often either. <laughs> you know, God, God has a way of allowing us to wait and wait at times. And, and God loves us, and I'm assured of his love. But you know, sometimes waiting, we feel like that rubber band that's being stretched and stretched and stretched the longer we wait, and, and that band's about to break. Waiting, waiting does that. But, but waiting has a way of of making us stronger. It really builds our character and our fortitude. And waiting has a way of, of strengthening our faith because we have to go deep with God and have to rely on God during times of waiting. And we, we can find strength in prayer when we wait. We, we find strength in the scriptures. We find strength when we gather together with God's people and, and, and sing worship songs like we did this morning. In verse 16, says, uh, Habakkuk says, I'll wait patiently. You know, Habakkuk is going to do what many of us don't do so well. He said, I'm, I'm going to wait patiently until the evaders come in and destroy my nation. I'm going to, I'm going to wait patiently for God to, to rebuild our nation. And we, we can't hurry God, but we also can't hurry through the trial either. 
So we, we lose a job, we have to wait for a new job, for the interview, for the results of the interview. Uh, we, we have to wait if we're having health issues. We have to wait for test results. We have to wait for medications to work. We have to wait for, for bodies to heal. You know, if, we, if we're going through issues with our family, you know, we have to wait to, to work through the issues, to talk them through, pray them through, uh, so the relationships can heal. You know, if we're in the midst of the storm, we have to wait for the, for the storm to get over, the trial to get over. And so we, we do our best to, to wait patiently. And, and worship's so important at a, at a time when we're waiting on God because we gather together and we sing like we did this morning. And it's just a reminder that, that goes deep to our hearts that, that God is good and God is with us, that we're in God's capable hands and we have an awesome God so we can have faith in Him. And Habakkuk 2.4, a verse we, did, we didn't read today, but it's a great reminder. The righteous will live by faith. And, and what does it mean to be righteous? It means that you know Jesus as Lord. You're living in relationship with him. Uh, we're righteous in that sense. And so, you know, we can trust God during times of waiting because God's good and God loves us and God's with us. And this brings us to our next point in verse 17, that you know, lamenting our, our suffering expresses faith in God. Is that something we talk about much as Christians, lamenting? It's something I don't think we do much as Christians. I, I know when I, I was, uh, I, I, I grew, where I grew up in Connecticut, we had a lot of Jewish people in our community. It's like our community was Catholic and Jewish and, and a little bit Baptist. <laughs> and yeah, I was one that became Baptist. And then I found, I, I pastored in St. Louis for seven years before we came here. And when I visited people in the hospital, I worked as a chaplain for a while. I, I'd visit um, Jewish people and at times and, and pray with them. And, and I found that they did something that Christians don't do. And they, they, they lament in their, their words and their prayers to God. And let's, let's talk about what lamenting means for a few moments. Look at verse 17. I, Habakkuk tells us, he says that, Though the fig tree uh, does not bud, uh, there are no grapes on the vines. Uh, though the olive crops fail and the fields produce no food. Uh, though there are no sheep in the pens and no cattle in the stalls. You know, you know he's listing all these trials they're going through. And what, what Habakkuk is doing, he's, he's lamenting nothing's going right. Everything's going wrong. You know, our crops are failing. So we've got no fruit, no vegetables, no grain, no bread. We've got no meat. No chops, no 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 burgers, no steaks, uh, no fruit. Um, we we're we've got a food shortage. You know, people have been are going to be killed in the war. People are going to be uh, uh, are going to starve in the war. Everything looks terrible. And Habakkuk's still expressing faith, but it's like he's hanging on to God by by just a thread. And so I think many times as Americans and American Christians, when we're going through a hard time, we we want to we want to express it. We uh, we want to we get that pain out in our words. And, and, and lamenting to God is, is a way of doing that. And to me, it's like having food poison in your belly. It feels terrible, but when you get it out, you feel a bit better. But the process of getting it out sure is, is, is ugly and gross. And it, lamenting is like that. Lamenting is different than complaining because we're expressing to God, sometimes through his people, uh, the sorrow and grief and regret we feel. We're expressing to God <laughs> the suffering and pain and distress. If we're anxious or depressed or we're hurting, we're just, we're just getting it all up to God no matter how ugly it sounds or feels. 
And we're getting it out to God in prayer. We're getting it out through friends who are praying for us. And then lamenting becomes a prayer because we're asking God in our distress, God, intervene. God, help me to know your presence. God, uh, God get me to the other side. And, and until I get to the other side of this trial, Lord, help me endure it with your help. You know, lamenting is doing that. I, I, I'm, I don't listen to a whole lot of country music, but on the past couple of weeks I've seen on, on, on some like Fox News, there's a country singer that no one had heard about. He's, he's got a couple of songs where he's lamenting to God that blue-collar people aren't making much money right now, and our dollar's not worth that much, and, and no one's helping us in Washington. And he's crying out to God in the midst of that. And I, as I listened to him saying, I said, that that's a lamentation. He's not taking very spiritual words and doing it at times, but he's just crying out to God if life is hard and God help. And that's a, that's a way of, of praying a lamentation. So when we're at our weakest friends, we can be mighty in God. And we don't have to be strong in ourselves to be strong in the Lord. We draw close to God. We lean on God. We ask God to, to fill us and help us. And when, when we need strength in the Lord, you know, we keep living. <laughs> we, we keep getting up another day when it's that, we know that day's going to be difficult. We, we keep worshiping with our church. We keep praying alone and praying with other Christians. We, we keep loving each other. We keep going to scripture. We keep serving people. We, we keep sharing the gospel. We just, you know, take one day at a time and, and put God first at one day at a time and trust God one day at a time. And then we're reminded again, you know, Habakkuk 2.4, the righteous will live by faith. Even if our world is upside down, we, we live under the lordship of Jesus. Uh, even when nothing seems to be going right, we, we trust God that he's in control. And this brings us to the, to the third point that, you know, rejoicing in God helps us get to the other side of our pain. You know, we rejoice in God. We praise God. Look at verse 18. Uh, Habakkuk says, in the midst of this great mess, he says, I'll rejoice in the Lord. I'll be joyful in God, my Savior. Even if everything's going wrong in our lives, if everything's going wrong in, in the lives of the people we love the most, Habakkuk says, rejoice in the Lord. Be joyful in God, our Savior. And this is a, this is a huge lesson about faith in God. This is a huge lesson about being in relationship with Jesus, that we can find God's joy in the worst of times. We can, we can praise God in the worst of times. We can, we can trust God in the worst of times. Like, like we sang in a modern song today, like we used to sing in the old hymn, you know, it is well, it is well with my soul. You know, great words to live by. And happiness depends on our circumstances. You know, happiness is a, is a human emotion. So, you know, happiness depends on whether we, we slept well last night, or happiness depends on whether life is going well right now, where, where joy comes from the Lord. Despite not feeling happy, we can feel joy in the Lord. We can express joy in the Lord because joy is a fruit of the Holy Spirit. Joy is a product of the Holy Spirit's work in our life. Joy comes from God, and joy's not automatic in the midst of a storm. Joy has to be cultivated. So we, we look at Philippians 4.4. 4. Philippians 4.4, 4, you know, Paul says, Rejoice in the Lord always. 
And, and in case we didn't get it the first time, he says, I'll say it again, rejoice. So we, we have to cultivate that spirit of joy, whether that's, you know, it's in our prayers on a daily basis and our words on a daily basis. And, it, you know, worship's so essential because worship gives us an opportunity with, with friends, with brothers and sisters in Christ to, to express our joy in the Lord. And in uh, and, and many ways, joy is a, you know, is a medicine for our souls. And then 1 Thessalonians 5, 16, 17, and 18, I it kind of expands on what it means to express joy to the Lord. Rejoice always. You know, pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. So, even when terrible things happen, we can trust in our mighty God. Even when we're in the midst of the trial, we don't thank God for the trial, but we thank God for sustaining us in the trial. We thank God for His goodness. And there's there's something, you know, there's some ways in which God works in a deep way in our souls that when we're when we're praying, when we're singing, when we're rejoicing in the Lord, that that God's joy rests on us, even in the worst of times. You know, God's peace has a way of filling our hearts, you know, even when we're in the darkest trials. And I, th- I think it's part of the the American culture and part of American Christianity that we we want to be self-sufficient, whether that's in our own lives or in our church. So we, you know, we're people, we pull ourselves up by our own bootstraps. <laughs> we rely on our strength, our talents, our gifts. Uh, we, we rely on our resources where Habakkuk reminds us, we've got to rely on God. We've got to humble ourselves and pray. We've got to get, get desperate for God to do what only God can do. And this brings us to, to verse 19, the fourth point. Yeah, trusting God in adversity gives us God's strength. You know, when, we, when we're at our weakest, we need the strength of God. And trusting God, faith in God, helps us access God's strength. So verse 19, Habakkuk addresses God this way, The sovereign Lord is my strength. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He enables me to tread on the heights. And so we can take our eyes off God when we're hurting. We can be so consumed with our with our worrying that we just forget to pray. Uh, we can be so consumed with our suffering that we just push God away from us. And we can, we can tough it out in our own strength so many times. And Habakkuk reminds us when we're trying to tough it out in our own strength, when our faith is stretched, he says, the sovereign Lord is our strength. In other words, we're not self-sufficient. Uh, we can't get through all trials alone. We, we need God. Uh, we can't do spiritual things in our own strength. We have to rely on God. In Habakkuk here, uh, in the Old Testament, there are all sorts of names for God. You know, we, we don't, as New Testament Christians, we often don't think about all the Old Testament names for God, but uh, the names for God in the Old Testament show us how great God is and how awesome He is and, and show us different shades of who He is. And so Habakkuk uses the words Yahweh Adonai. Those were his words that he, that he spoke. And, and you see, when you look at verse 19, if you've got your, your, your Bible open, verse 19 uses Lord in all capital letters, and that's to tell us that's, that's God's most sacred name, His covenant name, Yahweh. In, in comparison to using Lord with just you know, the small letters with a capital L. And the, these words, Yahweh Adonai, translated sovereign Lord in the New International Version, these are the two strongest names for God. And so uh, the scripture is reminding us our God's all-powerful. 
Our God can do all things. And we can rely on God. God's our strength. Our sovereign God is our strength. And our God spoke the universe into existence. And God keeps the universe running by the power of his words. And so it's a reminder, God can handle the things in your life and mine. God can handle the problems in your life and mine. And so we can trust God. God's faithful. So whatever your problem is today, if your health's falling apart, if it's cancer or Parkinson's or an autoimmune disease, if it's chronic pain, or if you're struggling with your job, or if it's financial problems, or your family's a mess, or you're struggling with things that control you or an addiction, we've got an all-powerful God that we can rely on. In Habakkuk, in this verse, verse 19, he's, he's referring to Psalm 18, verse 34, when he says, you know, God makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He enables me to tread on heights. And this, this is the picture uh, that he's drawing for us. And if you've been to, to Israel, it's a dry desert with what's a rocky hills, rocky mountains, and there, there are there are deer that God created. They're designed to walk on these, these high rocky places. There are goats that God designed to walk onto these high rocky places. We've seen them when we've been in Israel. And so here, Habakkuk's telling us that, that in the midst of our trial, God gives us the, the sure-footed, untiring, boundless energy of a mountain deer that can climb on rocky mountains to the most dangerous places uh, to great heights. God's created us that way. He's wired us that way spiritually. And despite any setbacks we face, you know, God's with us. You know, we serve the sovereign God, the almighty God. We, we don't rely on our own strength. We, we rely on God. And this brings us to the, to the last point that singing praises to God strengthens our faith that God is good. And the, the book ends, you know, after verse 19, the, the book, book ends with this subscript. And it's like, just like a little notation. It says, for the director of music on my stringed instrument. So, you know, it's for Jesse on the guitar. You know, that, that's, that would, that's the kind of thing that, that, you know, Habakkuk is saying here. Uh, and this is the only book in the Bible other than the, the Psalms that, that use this notation. And, and what these words are telling us is, you know, this psalm's not just for Habakkuk. It's not just for the Old Testament people. It's for you and me. It's for our church, our families. Um, and, it, and it's reminding us of the importance of worship. Um, God blesses us when we sing to him in worship. In one way, we, we owe praise to God. We owe blessings to God. We owe honor to God. And at the same time as we, we bless God and praise God and honor God, God has a way of, of blessing us in return. Uh, singing praises to God strengthens our faith. You know, singing, singing praises to God reminds us that God is good and God is great and God is all-powerful. God is with us and God loves us. And so when we're in dark days, if we're walking through dark days today, God's with us. God's our strength. God's powerful. We can trust God. Habakkuk 3.2 tells us what we can proclaim in worship. Uh, I love Habakkuk 3.2. It's words of praise. Uh, Lord, I've heard of your fame. I stand in awe of your deeds. Lord, repeat them in our day and our time make them known. And so what, what Habakkuk's telling us, he says, you know, I know the scriptures, God, that you've acted 
act with greatness and, and with awe in days past. God, you've been an all-powerful, awesome God. I know that. And God, do it today. <laughs> do it in my life. Do it in my family's life. Do it in my loved one's life, Lord. Do it in the midst of my storm, in the midst of my trial. And God loves us and he's with us and he can do those mighty deeds today. Whatever God has done in the past, he can do now. He can do in our lives today. Pray with me. Heavenly Father and mighty God, we, as we get ready to, to sing and to seek you in the final moments of this time of worship, God, I pray you'd work in our hearts, God. Strengthen our faith if we're in the midst of, of dark days, Lord. You know, strengthen this church body that we can strengthen others, God. You know, work in my heart, work in each of our hearts, God. And Lord, remind us how much you love us, how awesome you are, how wonderful you are, God. And, and do, a, do a mighty work in our lives. Do a, do a mighty work in our, in our church, God. And we praise you and give you the glory. In Jesus' name, amen.
to Thee, my blessed Savior, I surrender. All I am, all I have, I give it back to You. Oh, I surrender. 